Welcome to another episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I am the DJ, and with me today, I have the professor. What's it? DJ. <laughs> the DJ. <laughs> well, I was going to go all enthusiastic, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go all, all, all out. <laughs> okay, then. And uh, normally we have Devi, we would have Devi Boy in, um, in, in the other spot, but uh, he's he out for. He's returned to his home planet. Yeah, oh, we got to stop him soon, though. We've got to stop him. We've got to stop him at some point. So, uh, how are you, Professor? I'm pretty good. How's your 2021 going? So far, quiet and um, nothing special. Well, I've already had a really stressful day at work, and I've only been back two days. So, all right, how many computers have you burned? Nothing's caught fire, but I've had a couple of people wait until the last minute to tell me something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure what's worse, that or things catching fire. (laughs) I had random people coming up to me saying they'll punch me in the face. What did you do? I don't. I, I don't know. I just. I, I just acted like a nice person, and all, all of a sudden, I got. I want to punch you in the face. Were they drunk? Possibly. Yeah. And I think they I were mean, last time to... someone threatened to hurt me in public, it was some like fourteen-year-old girl about half my size who said she did murder and would do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Good luck, mate. <laughs> like, try anything. I'll sit on you. Uh, it's it's like Call of Duty all over again, isn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, it kind of is. But <laughs> uh, well, at least uh, with all with all that said and done, we can say that twenty twenty one is better than what's happened in twenty twenty. Oh, so what a year far. it was! Oh yeah, so far. Oh, what a year it was! And uh, it's the science world, for example. That was a good. That was an interesting year. Well, the, obviously the most exciting science news is the research into mRNA. Oh, yeah. With this new vaccine that they're rolling out for uh, for the Rona, the mRNA vaccine is hugely effective and really easy to make. So in the future, they can just do it again. Any new disease, just do it again. <laughs> Gotta admit, though, COVID has done a number on a lot of things this year. Yeah, lots of things got cancelled or delayed or pushed back. Including the release of the Dune movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, which stage of grief are you still in? I'm in the stage where I will go and, like, do horrible things to people who don't wear masks so that the movie can come out sooner. <laughs> so that would be the anger phase? I assume so. But the science world kept it kept rolling, even though COVID was the biggest issue. I mean, we had, like, the uh, space travel was a big, big part. Yes, we had the first commercial uh, crewed flight to space, which was SpaceX in the Crew Dragon with uh, Bob and Doug from NASA. That was a very exciting day. Oh, man. At at least we can... That would be the starting gun of the Space Race 2.0. Well, we've kind of had a Space Race 2.0 for a few years now. It's just that the other people didn't really bother turning up. Because look at all this cool stuff SpaceX is doing. But Blue Origin and um, all the other commercial space providers are just really behind the ball. What's going to be interesting is I wonder how the other countries are going to react to to uh, space travel at this point. I mean, America is leagues ahead at this point. I mean, China could, could one day um, do it as well. Well, I wouldn't say America in particular. SpaceX is. 
And SpaceX happens to be an American company. I reckon you could get, um, I reckon SpaceX will probably start selling flights overseas if they can. I don't know if they would run afoul of ITAR though. ITAR is this American law where basically anything that could have military potential can't be exported. That's true. So for a long time, people who didn't live in America could only use weak encryption because encryption software was under ITAR. Okay. Yeah. And uh, not only like uh, space travel was a big, big part, even um, space exploration at home was also uh, was also uh, involved as well this year. What do you mean by that? As in uh, Arecibo going down. Yes, yeah, a tragic day. Yeah. Although that is a spectacular video. <laughs> See, I would pay. I would, uh, if if I had a billion dollars, I would pay the slow mo guys just to see. Just to do a slow-mo of the Arecibo going down. Just, well, it's too late now, so you need to build another one and then yeah. knock it over and then yeah. build another one so we can do science. <laughs> but that was an end of an era, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that Arecibo could do that um, even Fast, which is the main competitor for Arecibo, can't actually match all of the capabilities. Wait, so you're saying that the that the the fast the the fast which is a a Chinese built uh, telescope uh, telescope is not better than the Americans? Well, it's better in some ways, not in others. It's for different purposes. But uh, one of the main advantages of well, of Arecibo that can't be replicated by fast because of the design is that Arecibo could have transmitters mounted on it, and then you could do radar astronomy and track asteroids and stuff like that. So it's not, you know, a complete loss. FAST can pick up most of the capabilities and do a few things better. But nothing at the moment can, as far as I know, can transmit the way Arecibo did. Yeah. Uh, another um, end of an era-like event that happened was the SETI at Home program. Yeah, said so uh, before, months before Arecibo began to collapse, SETI at Home shut down. And there is, um, well, it's not like, most of the work for SETI at home came from Arecibo, so it's not like there's any work to do at the moment. But it's sad to see that because that was a, I think the, uh, I think Boink, the Berkeley Open Initiative for Networked Computing, which is what SETI at home is based on, along with lots of other projects, is a triumph of computer science because you've got millions of people around the world donating their spare computer time to calculate science. How is that not cool? I think it's to, it's the amount of coding that would that would bamboozle a lot of people. It would just be like, eh, there's all, all these codes. Do I want to oh, sit down and? There's no coding involved with uh, SETI at home. Oh, you I just install boink, the I mean. software. Oh, I meant Boink, but yeah. Oh, Boink. Yeah, developing for Boink's probably a bit tricky. Um, and I see it is actually uh, the initiative, not. No, sorry, infrastructure, not inf initiative. Yeah. Well, with all the the sad parts going to be like we won't see uh, signs of life in Venus and all those now. Yeah, we did find out last night that uh, Venus possibly doesn't actually have life oh, because man. the scientists looked at the data again and accounted for a few um, a few issues with the data that they hadn't noticed, and it turns out there's no uh, or a much lower 
volume of phosphine than was expected. I hate to be the intern that did like that said like, oh, I was the guy who made the wrong calculations. Yeah. That's why this sort of thing, you know, you got to be cautiously optimistic. The reason why it was so exciting was because it was such a, um, it was such a, a big deal. And it was so, when it came out, it was so realistic that, you know, alien life producing phosphine. And now we find out that there's not. But on the other hand, there are other studies coming through suggesting signs of life in other places. Keep an eye out. Yeah. Well, another thing we can keep an eye out is the uh, Hayabusa. Yes, I came home this year. Oh yeah, that was a big that was a big event though. I mean, when the Hayabusa yeah. first landed on the comet on on the comet itself. First, um, well, no, sorry, I think it was the second return of uh of samples, was it? Uh, yeah. The Big issue being that uh, you can only bring back a couple of micrograms of samples. So impressive. Not as uh, well, not as impressive as it sounds saying we brought back rocks from Hayabusa. But then you realize, yes, they did. They brought back rocks. So they brought back rocks from Ryugu. But then you realize they did it from millions of kilometers away. They landed a rocket on an astro- on a comet and scooped up some rocks and brought them home. I'm waiting eagerly for the uh, results of that experiment. Wait, didn't they already open up the con- the container? Yeah, I the, but they're I- still analyzing. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, fair this enough. This sort of thing will take months. We're still, uh, what was it, the last time we were hypothesizing it would be like some sort of an alien virus? Yeah, like the movie Life. <laughs> they open up the capsule and it's full of aliens. The end. Humanity <laughs> dies. <laughs> Far-fetched as, as it may be, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the life form in life isn't very realistic. Yeah, yeah. Although, while um, space was was a big, big um, place to explore, um, we also explored a couple of um, microscopic things as well, like the uh, like DNA on dogs, if I recall. Yes, uh, a study dogs. came out this year that found out that man's best friend, the doggy, has been <laughs> around for a lot longer than people actually thought. Not complaining about that. Dogs are cool. Well, at least we can know that cats are uh, dogs. Are, uh, dogs are smarter than cats. Are they though? I mean, they've lived longer, longer lifespan. You know, longer lifespan doesn't mean you're smarter. Octopuses only live for a few years, and those are bloody intelligent. Depends which breed, though. It does. But at I mean, the same time, I've met plenty of humans dumber than an octopus. So. <laughs> Can, can, can you imagine like trying to like uh, get an experiment going? Uh, see if uh, a human can, an octopus can solve this puzzle. How how much smarter how much smarter can you do? Can you solve this puzzle? And can it be faster than the octopus? How much smarter can you? Isn't a, that's not how English works? <laughs> so Damn the it. octopus is already beating you there. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> There goes my, All right, there goes the my intelligence chip. <laughs> no, you're a robot. Can't be an octopus. No. You're an octobot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 2020 was, while it um, affected science um, in a great deal, it also affected gaming. Yeah, so many yeah. games delayed or having their entire source code leaked because people oh. can't work out how to work from home. <laughs> Although there were some there were there were some um, reveals along the way, like the PlayStation Five and the uh, and the Nvidia Nvidia um, chipsets and the AMD chipsets 
Oh, and there's yeah. some major issues going on because nobody can keep their stuff in stock. <laughs> this was the year of the scalper. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of them out there. I'm not entirely sure it's all scalpers, though. I think it's also a convenient excuse for the new manufacturing process not being up to scratch. Because um, a new manufacturing process for chips is pretty unreliable. And the new AMD chips are running on a new node. I don't know about the NVIDIA stuff, but since the, uh, the consoles rely on AMD, then they have to also deal with the any issues AMD has with supply. But there were a lot of also um, game reveals that happened um, this year as well. Like we had uh, Cyberpunk. Boy, that came out. And they revealed <laughs> that it was shit. <laughs> no, it's just doesn't live up to people's expectations. I think uh, once they patch the glaring issues and improve performance, although their management should not be forgiven for the uh, for lying about performance on last gen consoles. But once they patch the major issues, I reckon the game will be you know not anything mind blowing, but it'll be competent, like No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky came out, turned out they lied about the marketing. But four years later now, it's actually got a lot of the features they said were going to be in it at launch. So it's kind of an early access, but with more lying. Now, you might ask, how does that differentiate it from a regular early access? And that's true. Yeah. A lot of devs lie. (laughs) Uh, But besides Cyberpunk that came out, there were others like uh, Ghost of Tsushima that came out. That was a good game. Is it Uh, as good as Half-Life Alex? though? finally a new Half-Life game. Oh yeah, the, and the tra- when the initial trailer came out, I was like, eh, "It looks like a cheap, cu- um, like a knockoff," you know, like. How did it look like a cheap knockoff? Like you know, with VR, like VR games and mobile games, they're like you know, like cash grabs, you know. But then that one Valve does them. Yeah, that's what. Uh, 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 like, like my what was my that was my first impression. Like you know, like yeah, okay, the trailer looks like oh yeah, it looks a uh, ha ha he kind of thing. But then when you, when, uh, I seen the run, I seen the walkthrough of of the game, and What's it looked really impressive. Kind of thing, you know, it's a paywall, like a mobile phone, uh, mobile game kind of thing. Why would the trailer give you the impression of a paywall? My point is, it was just like a cash grab, that kind of thing. Yeah, I trust Valve not to cash grab for the Half Life franchise. Like Artifact was a bit rough when they launched it, from what I've heard. But um, I don't think they'd risk screwing up Half Life, and that's why it's taken so long to get anything out of them. And as I said, I saw the I saw the walkthrough, and yeah, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed with this. Like the get the gameplay, the aesthetics, the uh, character design, all brilliant, brilliantly done. I mean, yeah, I'm still sh- waiting for uh, the v- VR headsets to come back into stock. <laughs> yeah, that was the such a shame part. Like, the remember VR- at the beginning of the lockdown when uh, VR headsets were out of stock, and now at the oh. end of it, it's the graphics cards. <laughs> oh yeah, and um, they gave us a message like, "Wait for another few more months." Yeah, I think and- Nvidia, especially because they're having it worse than AMD, just wanted to have a product to release. They didn't want to care about whether they could sustain it turns out they can't um what else came out last of us part two and boy was that a shit show yes very controversial (laughs) yeah i'm told there are good parts there were okay i will give Druckmann some credit that he took the um story to on 
to a new level in terms of yes, this world is a cruel, harsh world, and it's a good explanation of it. But I hated how he the execution of it, <laughs> like killing off one of your favorite characters just to prove a message, it doesn't work out. Well, it's by far not the first thing to do that, and it usually works out. Yeah. And not to mention the gratuitous sex scene that was involved in that game. Even though Sony has made it, Sony America has made it clear they are not going to involve any like um, sex in any sex or pornographic game stuff in their games. Okay. Well, to be fair, Sony isn't Naughty Dog. Yeah. I mean, Druckmann must have must have pleaded a lot to Sony and. To go. I wonder if he lied about the uh, ratings like Cyberpunk did. Oh. They lied. It's come out that the, the Cyberpunk management pushed them to lie to Sony and Microsoft about being able to get it done on time so that they could get certified for the consoles. Yeah, I heard about that. And then it turns out it doesn't even run on the consoles. Yeah, but I think... The, but- even though it's um cyberpunk has it um it's doing terribly on the piece on the console side of things pc it was just eh what are you guys talking about yeah well it's still buggy from what yeah. i've heard the uh, police ai is particularly bad yeah that's true but it's not as bad as it is on the consoles pc master race guys you want to play <laughs> cyberpunk get a pc <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah speaking of pc did you hear about microsoft uh Doing a, a big, big acquisition this year. Yep. That was big news. RIP PlayStation fans of Elder Scrolls. <laughs> I don't think um, Microsoft is going to ditch... Uh, like, they've made it clear they're not going to ditch PlayStation for the time being. But I don't think they're going to keep that going forever. Because Bethesda games are a very strong um, exclusive to have. Yeah, but that being said, though, like, it, do you reckon this defeats the purpose of doing cross-platform, though? I mean, back in, the, like, years ago, we used to there used to be, like, talks about how... Oh yes, we're gonna have cross-platform, and now you, all these like PlayStation exclusive and Xbox exclusive, like Bethesda doing. I'm not Microsoft. a fan of it. No uh, fan of it. No, exclusives are bad for the for gamers. Oh yeah, they're they're bad for gamers and everything. But now when you see all these like they're bringing back all these exclusives, it just the whole the whole um pitch to have cross-platform and stuff. It kind of died in the wind well mostly the exclusives come from studios owned by the developer by the console maker so naughty dog's owned by sony professor's owned by microsoft it's not like um in most cases it's not like they're getting a third party to make them a game at least it wasn't uh it, it isn't these days sorry a lot of the time back in the day uh there were tons of third parties that would make exclusives basically whoever gives you more money yeah 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 and speaking of more money, there was also the the news of uh, EA buying uh, Codemasters for one point two billion, and that was a big, big news as well. Only if you like racing games. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But this year, in terms of gaming, oh man, there was it, this was the the year of the battle royale. That was like three years ago. Where have you been? I know it was three three years ago, but this year, Four Guys and Among no. Us. Among Us isn't a battle royale. It does feel like a battle no, royale. No, it's not a battle royale. It never <laughs> has been. It never will be. <laughs> Among Us is asymmetrical multiplayer. <laughs> Noob. <laughs> what part of kill everyone else to win rhymes with being a crewmate? When you're the imposter. 
I said crewmate. <laughs> yeah, you're, when you're a cr- imposter crewmate, you get to kill everyone. Imposters aren't crewmates, they're imposters. Yeah, they are. That's impo- the point of the game. Yeah, well, imposters are, are the imposters, yes, fair enough, but they're also part of the crew as well. Well, no, they're not. Part of the crew implies you work to maintain the ship. <laughs> Being a, an imposter implies you eat everybody. <laughs> The thing wasn't part of the Antarctic Research Division, was he? Or her? <laughs> okay, that being said, though, those two games dominated the um, game landscape for a while, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Turns out people really like casual party games, especially when they're all locked up and want something to play with their family. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you played both, haven't you? Yes. Okay, which was which is better? Four guys. Four guys. More variety. Really? Wow. Okay. Well, wow. Among Us really only has the core game mode, but Four Guys can be anything as long as it's a competitive, um, competitive game mode. Four Guys can be anything. It can be Rob the Nest. It can be a race. It can be um, that horrible picture matching game that nobody likes. <laughs> Also, this year was um, was interesting in terms of uh, losing losing a lot of um, nostalgic um, stuff like uh, Farmville going down. Only because of Flash, and there's still the newer Farmvilles available. Yeah, but uh, you know, Farmville. You know, everyone loved Farmville, the old Farmville. You know, that was fun. And Flash was Flash was gone. Flash is dead. Long live Flash. <laughs> Honestly, though, um, Blue Maximus Flashpoint is. An astounding project. The, um, I mean, I'm happy to see Flash go. It's such a security risk, but not without a touch of sadness. Yeah. Loot boxes was a, speaking of sadness and uh, on stuff, loot boxes was a, was, was a big sad issue as well. Yes, segues need more work. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, people still talk, people still um, are angry about the loot box saga. Of course they are. It's the internet. I say loot boxes suck. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the other games that were released as well, besides the uh, ones that we said, like uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out. Oh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, that also well, came out. Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out, but we don't talk about Ubisoft. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Ian should resign. Oh, man. Ubisoft was just a... Oh, oh, that's just a... Sh- a show in itself. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. That was an interesting. That was an interesting release, and they in which they added some new material onto it, which I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, Marvel's Avengers flop. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a flop. How do you mess up that badly? <laughs> the answer is clearly by putting in endless microtransactions. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, if I recall, aren't they the same studio that made um, Destiny? Oh, not Destiny, no. um, Anthem? No, Avengers of Square Enix. Oh, okay. And let's not f- and also uh, let's not forget, uh, Call of Duty made a big, big entrance into the into 2020. And when I mean big, I mean big as in file sizes and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> Impression people, have you not heard of it? <laughs> I played a bit of uh, Black Ops Cold War like uh, earlier in the year, and I was like, "Okay, this is a huge, huge file, and my PlayStation, my PlayStation is not going to support that. <laughs> I'm not going to play any more of that." <laughs> like there was so much updates in that game. Well, that's why 
sorry. That's why Destiny dropped half its content to fit back on a hard drive, which, you know, I don't agree with. I'm on PC. I'll buy a 10 terabyte hard drive if I want to play Destiny. But, you know, they got to appeal to the console plebs who can't play Cyberpunk. Yeah. I am so getting death threats. <laughs> <laughs> And to anyone that's uh, and to anyone, this is the professor's opinions, not the no, opinions not. of Nerd Magnumated. What's up? It's Devi Boy's opinion. Oh, Devi Boy's opinion. Oh. Hey, Lays he doesn't want to turn up. We can blame him. <laughs> we can blame him. Blame him for whatever we want. <laughs> He's going to be so confused when they kick down his door. Oh yeah. <laughs> But um, curiously though, with um, but when we were talking about consoles earlier on, what were your initial impressions when the consoles um came out? In when the consoles first came out, um, it's impressive that they got so much performance into such a tight budget. I'm not a console person, and I don't think I ever will be. Apart from retro consoles, I still am into those. But retro consoles had more games that you can't play on PC. Oh, speaking of retro consoles, how funny was that? Uh. The, the old retro, the uh, um, so, uh, Commodore? No. The Atari. But just on yeah. the other note, um, remember the reason they can make it so cheap is because you subsidize it with a tax on every game you buy. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, Atari Mini, the Atari VCS, not to be confused with the Atari VCS. <laughs> Or the or the old name Atari twenty six twenty six hundred. Well, it was a um, Atari VCS before it was a twenty six hundred. Yeah, but the new Atari VCS was a uh, interesting, but God, that's terrible. <laughs> aesthetically, or, per, or, or aesthetically interesting, hardware wise, in- interesting, but for four hundred bloody dollars <laughs> in US money, so in Aussie money, it's even more. And yeah, they should have just stuck with making a little emulated micro console like uh, Nintendo and Sony have done. Yeah. How do you think, uh, okay, from a game developer's perspective, 2020 in gaming, I mean, we we did talk about all these uh, gaming highlights and we we touched Big hit for indies. Hmm? Big hit for indies. Big hit for indies? Uh, Yep. Big game companies suddenly have to work out how to work like indies with working from home. And um, absolutely colossal hit for Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. But yeah gaming is, uh, well, it's had a drop in um, purchases because people haven't had money. But it, I think it's had the lowest drop out of any media that I'm aware of, especially movies. Mm-hmm. Movies have made no money this year. Oh, that, that's a good segue. Oh, man, movies this year is an absolute shit show. God, where can I start? No, so- a shit show is watching someone on the toilet. A movie <laughs> is a movie. Uh, oh, can I, uh, but, uh, okay, that being said, though, man, how bad was it this year with movies? Like, all these movies that we were anticipating for all got postponed, and they've, and uh, or either postponed or sent to video on demand or on streaming services. Just give me June, please. <laughs> oh, oh, you will get June. You just have to pay, uh, what was it, uh, 13 bucks for the HBO Max membership? Is it coming out there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, are you going to pay My that? My prayers are answered. 
<laughs> no, I reckon it'll probably come out in cinemas here. Oh, it will come out. They say, what is it they're saying? They're saying that um, they're saying yeah, that all of the Warner Brothers stuff is going to HBO in America at least, but um, outside America, it's going to go to um, cinemas. I reckon at least in Australia and New Zealand. Probably not in America or most of Europe at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So the so all these movies, are, all, all the movies that were originally planned, yeah. All going to HBO Max. So movies such as Tom and Jerry, uh, Reminiscence, Godzilla vs. King Kong, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, A Space Jam, A New Legacy, The Suicide Squad, Dune, King Richard, The Matrix 4, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I hope, I'm really hoping they don't um, mess up Dune because they're only doing the first half of the book because it's a very dense book. It's not like The Hobbit, where they took a book a third of the size of a Lord of, single Lord of the Rings book and made it into three movies. But that but being it's said, a though, very dense book. Yeah, but that being said, though, like even though Dune has been um, is is going to HBO Max and everything, Villeneuve is really cheesed off about it. Yeah, I'm not sure what Christopher Nolan's more upset about this or that people keep picking on him for his audio. <laughs> Boy, Tenant on 2020, that was a that was a show. Yeah, people watched that. <laughs> they didn't hear it, they watched it. <laughs> they watched. Oh, that was absolutely funny when um when they when that news came out, the other directors were, were going like, "We can't hear you. We can't hear you." Yeah, sometimes you just need your um your co-workers to tell you to pull your head in. <laughs> Unfortunately, Nolan's is too far out. So far out, it got stuck. <laughs> but um, Disney also. But in terms of in terms of streaming, uh, we had Mulan coming out on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. Boy, what that was a. <laughs> the reason that was a mistake. <laughs> no, no, I won't get started. We'll be here all night. Ah, <laughs> uh, hey, hey it, it, the funny part about Mulan is that it, it just showed how out of touch Disney was. <laughs> Well, they were making it to appeal to the Chinese market, so it wasn't exactly going to be huge here. Huh. The um, people here, like in the West, love the original. Yep. Um, but they were taking a movie that already wasn't getting great reviews in the West and then charging extra to see it on that platform that already costs... 30 bucks. Yeah, 30 bucks a month. So a lot of people weren't happy about that. Not to mention the other stuff, like the uh, main actress of... Uh of of the movie was uh, was pro china <laughs> yeah that's another way to upset people in the west <laughs> i'm I sure the like... chinese government lover but people in the west don't <laughs> they were like what what, what are you doing <laughs> why why did you do that Oh, there were, what was the other? Sh- oh, then Wonder Woman 1984 came out, and that was another. And that, that was an HBO Max, and boy, that was a movie that nobody nobody liked at all. I've heard a lot of people say it's not the best Wonder Woman movie, but there's only two of them, isn't there? Wow. So, yeah. Two, okay, two in terms of solo, yes. Two in terms of solo. Okay. But like this will be yeah, this will be I think the fourth in fourth in the Wonder Woman like appearance wise kind of thing. But yeah. But yeah, that movie is just logically oh, yes. she's in Justice League, isn't she? She was in Justice League and um Dawn of Justice. 
But that was Batman vs Superman. What was Wonder Woman doing in there? Uh there was they were trying to make it like some sort they were trying to um They're do trying the whole to Avengers thing. before they can Avengers. Yep. <laughs> that kind of they thing. They keep rushing into it and it flops <laughs> and they're like, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> But hey, 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 at, at least 2020 in terms of like with the DC movies, at least we got one thing. There's one thing coming out that I'm happy with, and that is the Snyder Cut of Justice League. I'm happy with that like because with the, the original Justice League movie, there there was a lot of drama with that movie. Like uh, the original director had to leave because his daughter passed away. So the, um, Joss Whedon was called in and he made the movie and it was, yeah. <laughs> But okay, there were a couple. Yeah, that's but there were a, a bit tragic, really. Yeah, but there were a couple of other movies that came out this year that was some were good, some were bad. Like uh, the good ones, for example, Sonic the Hedgehog. That was surprisingly popular. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but um, yeah, I'm surprised it did as well as it did. I w- really would have expected. I really didn't expect it to beat Pokemon as the highest grossing video game movie. Yeah. And then there was everyone knows Pikachu. Oh yeah. What's the other? Uh, then, oh, here's the thing. Um, so yeah, it, it reached the highest grossing with 70 million gross domestic um, sales, and also is the highest grossing superhero film of 2020, ending the Marvel Cinematic Universe's longest run. In- <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't really think of Sonic as a superhero, but I suppose it makes sense. Yeah. But I just love the idea of Sonic coming out of nowhere and wiping off the Avengers from the bestsellers. <laughs> oh, but at least it did better than Birds of Prey. Oh, that was a very bad movie. I feel yeah, like I heard be- better things about that than I have about Wonder Woman. I don't know. I mean, it, with Wonder Woman, at least the, the execution was ju- the message was there. The execution was just, and eh, no, you didn't, you didn't execute it right. Uh, with... With um, Birds of Prey, it was just basically watching um, someone doing a downward slope and crashing. And in the and in the beginning, it starts crashing down and cr- continues crashing down until the end of the race. Okay, that sounds like a good thing, right? Like you want to go down the hill to the finish line, right? So <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. You got me there. <laughs> but still, it was just. Ah, oh, it was R-rated as well. So yeah, was that? that's gonna cut out like a huge part of your audience. <laughs> yeah, like, do you know how hard it was to get R-rated games to be accepted? Too long. So, I mean, I know Australia in the worldwide context isn't very big, but no Aussie could buy an R-rated game up until before uh, they changed the rules a couple of years ago. Yeah, and it, even then, they still ban some. And trying to appease to the um, Chinese market as well will be, will, be pretty, will be pretty hard. Now that China is becoming the world's largest box office. Which isn't hard, considering they managed to keep their um, their outbreak under control, mostly. Like, yeah, you know, it yeah, got well, really bad there for a while, but they got it back under control. Unlike some parts of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, though, Professor, like, it... It's like cheating, you know. Like it's it's like cheating in the race. Oh, it's like, how is it cheating? They realized what was it, going on and they fixed it. Yeah, but it's like um, they it's like they they had an Olympic race and they and all the competitors had a stomach bug. You managed to control the stomach bug and you win the race by default. And that's I'm really che- not getting your point here. I'm saying that's a bit like cheating. Would that, would that be cheating in a sense? I don't think it is. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was a bit dodgy of them to cover up that they had an outbreak in the first place. <laughs> but at least they managed to actually control it. Yeah, yeah we'll give. Well, I can. I'll give them that. Unlike the laughably poor performance of certain other countries, I could name. <laughs> but um, we were speaking about um streaming stuff, streaming services. One streaming company went down in flames very hard. Who? Quibi. Never heard of it. Yeah. Until it went under. Yeah, which it went probably under. says something about their advertising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, yeah, Quibi was one was supposed to be this new big newfangled um streaming service, and then um it died it, it died in a fl- in a crashy fire. <laughs> but uh, another industry that's gone into crashy in, into a burning heap of fire would be the comic book industry. Man, la- la- last year for comic books was hilarious. Well, it kind of makes sense that physical comic book stores are going under because. Yeah. It's like not a particularly bulky product, but every comic store I've been to has tons of back issues, which all take up space, and they're not turning over all of that product every month. So they're basically warehousing tons of stuff. I reckon a more profitable model would be to go the Amazon route and just have a warehouse and ship the comics out from there. Yeah. And it would be really light because you can just put them in a um, in an envelope and ship them since they're small. Yeah, but then the problem is though, like comic distributors have been like during COVID this year, distributors were going, "Nah, we're not doing it anymore. We're stopping sending comics to retail shops." So, although that being said, though the comic book mati- the stuff people have written for comic books have been funny though. Like, uh, what's the what's the famous one? The New Warriors. What's that? The internet the- gas. Yep. <laughs> That's not how the internet works, people. <laughs> oh, my favorite one was the um, what w- was the uh, was it uh, Safe Space and <laughs> Snowflake? That's the one. <laughs> Those two. It, yeah, it really feels very on the nose cr- and cringy there. <laughs> the tra- the trailer for that one was so funny to look at. I was just like. Nah, buddy, what have you done? <laughs> like, like, internet gas is silly, but naming <laughs> your character safe space is just really like, could they not see this coming? <laughs> like, uh, like when the trailer first dropped, man, how much did was it was the laughter? <laughs> like, it got so it got to the point. Uh, if it, it's still going, by the way, five point six k likes, two hundred and seventy five k dislikes. Yeah. Calling a character safe space when every edgy idiot on the internet is going to go after that. Not a smart move. Uh, what was it? it doesn't even feel like they're trying. It just feels really fellow kids. Yeah. What else did they have? They had being, what are the other names? Be negative. <laughs> um, and then there's Trailer, Trailblazer, which is basically her power is a magic backpack. that can Oh, yes. Out- that was the Dora the Explorer one who actually <laughs> looks like Dora. <laughs> oh, oh, what were the other cringy um, events in comic books? Oh, there was the Gotham High, which oh my god, <laughs> which is basically um, your your classic soap opera in, 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 with Batman and soup with Batman in it. Yeah, which doesn't even make sense because he wasn't even Batman until after that. <laughs> because they also oh. had one with um, with characters like Arrow, who have their whole origin story based around being older than high school. <laughs> and I'm just going like, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, that, well, my personal favorite from the, 20, from, from the 2020 comics was the, um, 
uh, DC, the Wonder Woman variant cover. Have you seen this one? Where, if I recall, Rooster Teeth was also involved in it as well. Oh, the one where she's a bit, um, a bit chubby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Not the like, worst and- alternative comic book art I've seen, though. <laughs> but, man, it was just, it just looked so bad, though. I was like, what are you doing? It's definitely <laughs> unconventional. <laughs> I, I, like, you just made Wonder Woman just look like a Karen. No, she didn't look like a Karen. Yeah, really exaggerating the point there. <laughs> oh, and then, uh, and then I think, and then also recently there was one where uh, it's been revealed that Starfire from the Teen Titans now has a bait, now has a daughter. And? And my god, the daughter looks so weird. Well, it's comic book art. They never really look normal. Like, you would think, like, from an offspring of aliens, they'll be like, yes, she she is like her mother, but nope, it doesn't work that way. Mm. Yeah, I've just scrolled through. She's not as chubby, like, the Wonder Woman one, she's not as chubby as I remember her being, but it is very 80s, which makes sense. Mm. Like, the high jeans and the... The rip and could oh, you get more 80s? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, but um, we, we can we can cringe and laugh at it, but then let's uh, but there were some sad moments that happened during the during the app during 2020 as well, in terms of uh, a lot of famous um, people that we admire have um, passed, passed on as well. Yes, apart from all of the 500,000 people. I think who have died of COVID this year. Yeah, uh, some have died from other uh, other um from other causes of death. Like, uh, all right, give us a quick rundown. Uh, so we've got Chadwick Boseman, Sean Connery, Grant Imahara, Joel yeah, Schumacher. Yeah, Grant's a really tragic one for me. I um I've got a tab saved of uh, Adam Savage doing a remembrance thing, and oh yeah, haven't been able to bring myself to watch it yet. <sighs> It's gut wrenching. I, I think I saw I saw a bit of it. And it was just gut wrenching seeing Adam yeah. just sitting there, and he's yeah, it was gut wrenching, man. Um, Ian Holm, Jerry Stiller, Sam Lloyd, Irfan Khan, Max von Sydow, um, Kirk Douglas, uh, Kobe Bryant, and Gian Bryant, to name a few. It's a bit more than a few, mate. Yeah, but yeah, the, 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 those deaths were like the biggest hitting ones. Hmm. So, um. What nerdful thing have you done, Professor? I like that pun. I came up with it, just so you know. <laughs> well, I watched the Doctor Who Christmas special or New Year's special. I still call it a Christmas special, even though there is literally nothing Christmassy in it. <laughs> even the last one was barely tied to New Year's. It was fun in the kind of way that you don't realize the things that are wrong with it until later, which is more than I can say for some of Chris Chibnall's other episodes. Yeah, but come on. you If I remember early, uh, earlier in the year, you were saying like how, or earlier in 2020, you were saying how um, the season finale of uh, Doctor Who was an absolute pile of rotten bananas. Yeah, yeah a lot of the things. Look, I wouldn't have even minded the Timeless Child thing if it had been done by someone who, had, if it had been done better. But I so say I think the um the the story plot line of the doctor being the timeless child, I think it should have been the master, just to give him an excuse like that's the trauma that made the master who he is being experimented on. But no, it's just the doctor and the doctor's even more special. 
when the doctor originally was just crazy guy who runs away from home because he's sick of the bureaucracy <laughs> and wants to go on adventures. Yeah, the, the, the annoying part with um, that finale to me was just now, now when I think of William Hart, now when I think of the first doctor, I'll be going, ah, oh, crap, he's not the first doctor anymore. Well, he's still the first doctor, but um, suppose, yeah, Roof does go ahead, but. The um, early, I think, we still treat William Hartnell as the first Doctor because we have no idea where Ruth actually fits in and if they're ever going to do anything with that plotline again. I think they will, at least Chibnall probably hopes to, um, but um, they like they mention it in the, Christmas, in the special, but I think... So it's kind of written them into a corner where people saw Ruth and loved her in like her 10 minutes of screen time and think she's so much better in that 10 minutes than Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with Jodie Whittaker, but I never felt... Okay, so there's... When you talk about the Doctor, there's a moment where you feel like, yes, this is the Doctor. And for me, that moment didn't come for Jodie until she did a video of herself in costume, hiding in her cupboard from some tyrants, telling kids to be brave and kind during the lockdown. From what I've gathered with the uh, new Doctor Who, with the new um, special, that it's it didn't rate well, basically. No, um, a lot of people don't seem to have enjoyed it as much as I did. But this this episode as well also felt like, yes, this is a Doctor. So can you give us a little bit of a spoiler? What happens in the resolution or going to keep well, it keep it I don't shut. want to because it's um, hasn't been long enough. It's only been out for, you know, a few days at the point of recording. And I don't want to be the guy who spoils it for people. But it is, um, you know, superficially, it's similar to plots I've seen before. But the Doctor's plan is what made me think, yes, Jodie is a Doctor. Okay. So uh, how many, so many uh, nerdy beanies would you give that? Give that a one out of five. At least three and a half out of five. Nice, nice. Yeah, it was it was fun, which is all you can kind of ask for. And they bring back, um, he's in the trailer, so not really a spoiler, but they bring back the um, American guy from the Spiders episode, and it's um, he's even better in this episode than he was in that one. Okay. Um, as for me, I've been um, watching an old, old school anime series called... Uh, Fist of the North Star. So what's that about? Uh, Fist of the North Star is basically in the year 1990X. Uh, tr- it's, it's actually true. It's it's called 1990X. <laughs> um, the uh, it's Earth has gone into post nuclear war, and there's a there's a warrior by the name of Kenshiro, and he's got a deadly martial arts known as the Hokuto Shinken, which is basically a martial arts that strikes the opponent's secret vital points that um, results in them dying in very violent and gory fashion. And when I mean violent and gory fashion, I mean as in, like, they explode bigger than Michael Bay's explosions in a Transformers movie. Ah, uh, it's a bit too much explosion. <laughs> although it's bloodier than... Although not enough... Not, not as bloody as Tarantino, though. So, yeah, so Kenshiro basically... Uh, uh, is basically wandering around the wandering around the earth, fighting um fighting villains and uh, helping um people along the way. So it's an old it's this was based this was set around 1983 yeah 19 uh, actually 1984 this was around. So it's an old one. Yeah, very old. And this was um this is the grandfather to a couple of other series like uh JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and um your typical martial arts style animes. 
But this uh, but this anime series will be famous for the memes uh, such as Omaiwa mo shinderu. Ah, okay. Which is basically a translation of, of you are already dead. But can you imagine the Americans making a live action version of that game of that anime? Morka boom. <laughs> it's like directed by Michael Bay. So uh, I would give the I would give my um the series uh five out of five. Okay. So uh, we'll take a short break and then we'll be back with the shout outs, remembrances and famous birthdays and events of interest. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, uh, on to our shout-outs. On the 25th of December 2020, the 30th anniversary of The Godfather Part 3, a 1990 American crime film produced and directed by Francis Ford Coppola from the Screenplay co-written by Mario Puzo. The film stars Al Pacino, Diane Keaton, Talia Shire, and Andy Garcia. Uh, it is the third and final installment of the Godfather trilogy. AKA the one no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Although you gotta okay, you got, you got give them you gotta give them the props though that they made like a lot of money and and it was it was positively reviewed. And to um, celebrate the thirtieth uh, anniversary, the uh, there was a recut version of the movie titled Mario Puzo's the Grand the Godfather Coda: The Death of Michael Michael Corleone. And I heard from uh, I've heard from sources there might be a fourth Godfather movie. Let's not keep beating a dead horse's head in the bed. <laughs> That's not <laughs> wrong, but yeah, <laughs> it is that. that- that is the Godfather, isn't it? Yeah, that, that is the, the Godfather. Yeah, yeah, the the horse's head. Oh man, that was scary. Oh, that that was very scary. That scene. Um, on the 29th of December, 20, 25th anniversary of Twelve Monkeys, a nineteen ninety five American sci science fiction um film directed by Terry Gilliam, inspired by Chris Maker's nineteen sixty two short film Le Jetty. Starring Bruce Willis, Madeline Stowe, and Brad Pitt, with Christopher Plummer and David Mawson supporting roles. The plot focuses on a deadly virus uh, that wipes out humanity, and uh, the only survivors are pushed underground to l- pushed underground to live. And the film's title comes from the supposed group who are believed to have released the virus to the public, the Army of the Twelve Monkeys. And if I recall, there was a TV series out that made that the, that came out of it as well. I've seen ads for it, but I've never seen it. Did you see? Have you seen the movie? No. It was. A, I've seen the movie, and full disclosure, it was. Uh, it was interesting in the way that uh, the whole, the whole thing, the whole um, angle of the ending was the beginning kind of thing. Okay, because it's about time travel, isn't it? Yeah, it's about time travel and um, how thing and and destiny and whatnot. I might have to check that out then. Yeah. On the 30th of December 2020, Dawn Wells passes away. Uh, Dawn Wells, who parlayed her girl-next-door charm to, into enduring TV fame as a sweet-natured castaway, Marianne, on the classic 1960s sitcom Gilligan's Island. The 98 episodes invariably involving those efforts in vain to get off the island, even as a parade of guest stars dropped in and had no trouble getting out. 
Yeah, it's a bit silly that they never got off with everyone else, especially <laughs> once they found out the island was actually inhabited by slightly racist stereotypes of witch doctors. <laughs> hey, it's a product of its time. It's a, it's, it's, it's the eight, it's the sixties. What can you say? Quite a bit, actually. <laughs> so, um, Wells, um, so Wells was uh, told at one stage um, after the series has ended that, and in, oh, oh, let me rephrase that. After the series have ended, the two inspired the um. There was a it was a question by uh, that endured pop culture for men: who was better, Ginger or Mary Ann? Ginger, because she's the only surviving cast member. Oh <laughs> no! Can't win the you can't win the tontine if you're not the last one alive. <laughs> yeah, but what is she gonna get? The, what tontine is she gonna get? Is she gonna get like some sort of paintings from old paintings or something? Is this is not the hellfish bonanza? Who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, so Wells has lent her voice in the animated Gilligan's Planet in 1982, where the castaways become stranded on a faraway planet. Uh, she also capitalized her fame on writing Mary Ann's Gilligan's Island Cookbook. And later, what would Marianne do? A guide to life. She died at the age of 82 in Los Angeles. So, uh, on to our remembrances. 31st of December 1934, Cornelia Clapp, American zoologist and academic, specializing in marine biology. Although she was primarily known as an educator and did not author many scientific research papers, she was named in 1906 as being among 150 most prominent zoologists in U.S by the journal American Man of Science. At a time where the world of science was just opening up to women, Cornelia Clapp's influence as a teacher was great and enduring. While she published little during her career, her major influence was to extend scientific knowledge and opportunity to women through education. Her direct teaching method could be felt in the experience of Louise Bard Wallace, who arrived at Mount Holyoke in 1891. A school principal in Ohio told her, you ought to study under Dr. Clapp. She keeps live frogs in tanks. Of Clapp, Louise wrote, I came, I saw, she conquered. I felt then and have felt ever since that I never felt never uh, fully alive until I knew her. She died at the age of 85 in Mount Dora, Florida. That is a great, like, recommendation, though. Yeah. When it can be my mate, they've got frogs in a pot. <laughs> Like that'll be one for the Yelp review, everybody. One for the Yelp review. <laughs> uh, on to our famous birthdays, 31st of December 1937. Avram Hersko, Hungarian born Israeli biochemist and Nobel laureate in chemistry, along with Aaron Chiek Hanoven, uh, Hano- Hanover, and Erwin Rose, he was awarded the 2004 Nobel Prize in Chemistry for the discovery of ubiquitin mediated protein degradation. This played a critical role in maintaining homeostasis in cells and is believed to be involved in development and progression of diseases such as cancer, muscular and neurological diseases, and immune and inflammatory responses. His contributions to science directly helped cure one of his longtime friends of cancer. He was born in Karkag. What a wholesome thing to do. Yeah, I say you totally got to hold that over your mate's head every time. Hey, can you get me another drink? Get it yourself. I cured your cancer. (laughs) (laughs) It's like this is like I'm getting so much mileage from this. (laughs) And uh, finally, on to our events of interest on the 31st of December 1965, Nightcaller from Outer Space, also also known simply as Blood Beast from Outer Space, was released. 
A star is born on this day in 1965 in the United Kingdom. Blood Beast from Outer Space drew first blood at the box office. It is based on Frank Crisp's novel The Night Callers. A colorized version of the film was released in 2011. And this is the plot. Mutant humanoids from outer space kidnap young Earth females in order to interbreed and save their species from extinction. Remember what I said about things from the 60s that you couldn't do now? Yeah? This is one of them. <laughs> Although, interestingly, there, there have been... They, they st- th- that same um, trope has been used every now and then, though. Remember the 90s um, X-Files? Yeah, it's a popular reference. Can you imagine the, uh, do, them doing a remake of this? I feel like it couldn't be a straight rem- remake, just like the, um, the remake of Revenge of the Nerds shouldn't be a straight remake. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine, like, whoever, directed, whoever directs this movie would be like, the, the, it'd be like subverting the expectations of, and, and be like, oh, yes, the Earth females are beating the, beating the aliens' asses. Yeah, it would have to be something like that. So uh, that's all we have for this week. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that's not canon.com, where we're an archive of our old episodes and some new That's Not Canon podcasts, such as Playhouse Podcast, which talks about entertainment and all things theatrical. You there? Yep, yep. I'm Did alive. That scare you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's it's just all we thunder. have it can't hurt you unless you get a direct shot <laughs> hey, the playhouse but- thing again i um i only heard you describe it as being about theater is there anything uh, else uh the entertainment news and whatnot okay yeah so that's about it then yep so uh that's all we have for today uh stay nerdy Hoorah. look after yourself stay safe and we'll see you next time and stay hydrated Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.